Welcome to the latest episode of the Geek Offensive. Joining us today is Paul Seduth. Paul, thank you so much for being on. This was a fun one. My pleasure. My pleasure. Happy to be here. And you were talking about your latest film, which is going around different film festivals now, 2307, A Winter's Dream. That's right. 2307, Winter's Dream is uh, doing the film festival circuit, so so it'll be out there to see. Yeah, and Paul is the pretty much the creator and star of this film it was so much fun to pick your brain about the uh, the actual project and uh, I can't wait for other people to see it because I actually legitimately enjoyed it uh, Paul where can they find you on social media uh, you can find me on Twitter at real Paul Sidhu and on Instagram at the real Paul Sidhu. awesome and then uh, the trailer for the movie is available on the trailer is available on YouTube on YouTube yeah go to the YouTubes folks and also joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Smooth Ken Rolo. Thank you for the introduction. I <laughs> <laughs> also want to make sure if you are in the area of Hollywood or North Carolina, you can actually check out the movie at the Hollywood Real, Real Independent Film Festival or the Nevermore Film Festival in North Carolina. And where can they find you, Ken? They can find me at, at Ken Rolo or at Comics TNT for the comic shop I work at. Awesome. And coming in at the rear, JPG. Hey guys, this is JPG, uh, organizational director of the Geek Say What Network. Organizational director? That's what you want? You can't yeah. just call yourself CEO? Just, no, just, no, uh, just come on, just do it. Weird. Just do it. That feels just weird. Just do it. Maybe. That's right. Uh, <laughs> the Imperial guy's like, just do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> you can find me uh, at my namesake at JPG. That's J-A-E-P-E-A-G-E-E. And our sponsors. Our sponsors. So, uh, special thanks to Jordan Denae, a clothing and lifestyle company based out of NYC. Thank you very much for the uh, the subtle geeky gear, uh, and especially t-shirts and, uh, and tank tops that you guys produce. And also, uh, we are currently recording out of uh, Echo Base, or what we lovingly refer to as Echo Base. Uh, this is actually out of Wayland Productions. So, special thanks to Wayland Productions as well. Make sure to check out their work also. And once again, the name of the movie, 307, A Winter's Dream. Check it out. Uh, I had a fun episode with Paul Sidhu. Cue the music. Tea's good in the in the afternoon, but in the morning, man, I need a need cup a of coffee. Yeah, yeah no, I understand that. Coffee's good. I'm the same way, and I have a really bad addiction. Actually, it's probably not good I'm drinking this kind of coffee this late in the evening. Yeah. Um, I, st- I started my uh, energy drink at 5, and I'm like, ah, probably not the best idea. I should have started this earlier, but, well, what are you going to do? Okay. Paul, I, I'm sorry. I, I have to go into this subject because I was talking to Ken yeah. and Jason about this before. Yeah, I know. I know we we brought you on to talk about uh, you and your new movie coming out, twenty three oh seven Winter's Dream, um, and we, we want to talk to you about you know your experience as an actor. But I have to bring this up out of the way because I've been wanting to talk about it. Sure. 
bro, you are jacked in that movie. <laughs> you <Yeah>. look fantastic. <laughs> I was you. like, wow. Thank what, you, thank what, you. What kind of Spartan workout did you have to go through for that? It it was. Uh, or are you generally just in good shape? No, no. Like I'm, I'm generally um, in mediocre shape. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm middle of the road in just about everything. But uh, no, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was um, a workout designed by this guy uh, named uh, Stephen Bradicos, and. Uh, he basically put together like a routine for me that I could do at the gym and mm-hmm. uh, kind of kind of do on my my own as well. Um, I didn't have a, like a lot of time for like one on one training, so uh, you know Steve just kind of put this thing together and kind of left it to me to to do it on my own. So you know between uh, you know uh, you know myself and uh, good old LA Fitness, we just kinda, <laughs> hey, we go to kinda, the same gym, all right? Kinda, yeah, there you we, go. We, we we got the job done. So, <laughs> well, but th- yeah, again, like that takes a ton of discipline. I mean, what what kind of program was? What were you just? Um, was it was it kettlebells? Was it like heavy lifting? Was it a lot oh, of cardio? Well, like what? I mean, I mean, sorry, I know the no, other two nerds in the room are like, no, no, that's, that's cool, that's cool. So, so the big thing was like the diet. I mean, I think that's huge. I think like everyone sort of kind of uh, underestimates the power of the diet because, in general, I I tend to I tend to run like a little bit on the lean side. So, so in order to um, really capture the essence of Commander Bishop, I had to you know put on about. I think I, in the end I did get about. I think it was like 17 pounds. So I put on about Holy 17 pounds shit. for the film. And yeah, it was like a, a lot of just different food choices. Um, obviously, you know, all this, you know, uh, protein powder until you're nauseated and um, a combination of like really um, sort of heavy weights and uh, interval training between. But um, mostly it was like free weights. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sorry, guys. Like I had no, to, no, no, no. I had to go. <laughs> I had to go full bro side there. Like no, that, I was just like, you looked fantastic in the movie. I'm sorry. Thank you. It's no. just. Yeah. I mean, I do have a follow up question. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? <laughs> no, it just. I I feel like especially in the movie, like you know, in the film, we have one un, like shirt off scene with you, right? right? So like, how many times were you like in your trailer and you're like, I can't believe this is me. I should probably take more pictures of this right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, to tell you the truth, um, I, I I had no moments like that because like when they were like when when I saw in the script that I had like a shirt off scene, I, I wasn't like thrilled. I was like, dude, this is. This is not good <laughs> because <laughs> because like I'm gonna have to like seriously work out and uh, you know I, I'm 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 naturally not just one of those guys that like goes to the beach and walks around with his shirt off so so for me uh, uh, one scene was was more than enough I was happy <laughs> I was happy <laughs> so that that just convinced me that you ha- that I would be the comms officer because like there's no way i'm getting down to that size right. so it's like oh spartan comm officer ken like you over there like yeah i'm just sitting there like a donut and some coffee like yeah no i, I can hear him he's fine like we're, we're you're good. just that character actor yeah. it's like oh you're the guard that gets knocked out of the way when there's a huge exactly. disturbance <laughs> i saw myself as the cheetah in zootopia that's just that that was my idea the cheetah. The cheetah that's cool uh, but that, no I, paul thank you for indulging me there and that so glad to have you back on uh, a Geek Say What Network show. Um, you were on what was it? Pop up podcast. Yeah. So it? yeah, it was you were on our first inaugural pop up podcast. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. And I'm I'm 
happy to be back, guys. I I love you guys. You guys are awesome. It's it's a little <laughs> bit weird too because we're now we're in like a, a little bit more of like a professional setting. Like last time, it was just like a bunch of nerds like playing Magic the <laughs> Gathering like right behind us. You know? Right. Right. So do you, which uh, he's not exaggerating, by the way. Yeah, That's that exactly was literally what was happening. What was but happening wait, yeah. we're not going to play Magic the Gathering. Like, <laughs> oh, I was misled then. Sorry, okay, guys, Dan. this is between the two. I guess backdrops that you've had with us now. Like, which one do you actually prefer? Well, I, I don't know. That's hard to say because, like, right now it's it's a little more private. It's a little more intimate. So, so that's definitely cool. Um, but then again, you know, when we were over there, like, you know, I think I think you guys were in your element. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. well, you guys, the you electricity guys, of the con. Just like, I do, I do kind of miss it. Just so. geek ducks yeah. in water. It, it, it was cool. <laughs> like, you know, just you know, you know, a hundred yards away, there's like a stormtrooper looking at us and, and so <laughs> forth. So. So that that was that was pretty awesome too, actually. No, but uh, yeah, again, like it's gl- we're so glad to have you back. And now this time, I think all of us have actually seen the movie. Uh, I could tell you right now, I actually really enjoyed it. Awesome. I I was actually like quite impressed with like what you were able to accomplish. And um, thank you. And I also do kind of look at you differently differently now because it's like, oh, I'm sitting next to Bishop. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I've never had that like. Um, that experience before where I met the actor before and then like I got to see their work and then now I'm sitting next to someone who fought through the frozen wasteland. <laughs> cool. I Hopefully mean, that wasn't spoiling. Too, I mean, I don't want to spoil too much of the movie because I, I want, it, I want people to check Winter's it out. Dream. So I think I think the fact that it's a frozen wasteland is kind of like, oh, that makes sense. OK, <laughs> I just don't want to spoil too much of it because I want people to see this movie. I yeah. mean, my only gripe is just more shirtless scenes. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> His next film, we'll make a note of that. Just yeah, <laughs> just like, oh, We're put in shirtless scenes for JPG. Like, God. Right. <laughs> we'll make sure it'll be like some sort of, uh, you know, barren moon that's got like a lot of uh, extra suns surrounding it. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice and hot. Yeah. On that note, too, so uh, you're credited at, for the story, whereas Joey Curtis is credited with the, as the writer. That's right. He was sort of like the perfect um, writer for this kind of film, which I was you know, really fortunate to find, which is really cool. It's funny you mention how um, both of you love sci-fi, because I could see that kind of littered throughout the film. There were so many things that I was just like, oh, this is this felt influenced by this property. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, um, I felt a little Blade Runner at times. I definitely felt Star Wars, too. At a few um, different uh, tech l- points, where little, I see, see little exo squad, a little uh, the beginning of the. I was saying earlier, like before you got here, like the beginning of the movie felt like it, it belonged in like a in the Firefly universe, that Joss Whedon um, TV show. Yeah, and it was just yeah. like it, it was fun to see, like okay, these people really like their sci-fi, and you can see it comes through the work and um, seeing that kind of passion. There's always like um, I'm, I'm a little bit of a film nerd, but I, I mean seeing that kind of like. Uh, that love for a genre kind of come through in the film is always something that kind of like hits me just right. Like I love seeing that. That's awesome. I mean, I think, I think Joe's uh, approach, it's interesting. You, you mentioned uh, Josh Whedon because I think, I think Joe mentioned that a a few times um, while we were actually, you know, in pre-production and, you know, I think as a director, um, he made some really, you know, bold and brave choices. We were talking about like, you know, you know what we wanted, you know, in the film, and and like even Bishop's gun. If you take a really close look at it, I mean, it, it looks like Deckard's gun from Blade Runner, you know. And and the thing is, we 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 went into this knowing that. And the thing is, early on, we had to make this decision, like, you know, who are we making this film for? And so, 
you know, we kind of just, we decided in the beginning that, you know, we're making this, this film for, for the people, you know, for the people, not necessarily, you know, for a specific subset of, of critics or, or, um, or film festivals, but we wanted to make this for, for the, for people who are really into science fiction. So we took that and we just rolled with it and we weren't, you know, we, we weren't, you know, we, we you know, we, we didn't like worry too much about, oh, this is like, you know, this is too close to, you know, X, Y, Z movie, but we just used it and embraced it and had, had a really good time doing it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So take us back like uh, a little bit further. So you, you had the story originally or like yeah. did it? Okay. And then you met uh, the writer. Joey. Yeah. Okay. So from there, like how does this get turned into this little indie film? Well, what happened was that, um, um, Robert Beaumont, who's a, who's a producer, um, introduced me to Joey Curtis, the writer. And um, uh, Robert knew me from a previous film. And so he said, hey, you know, I'm going to put you in contact with this, like, outstanding writer. So Joey and I got together on the screenplay. And Joey, um, you know, did the first couple drafts of the screenplay. And, and we were just kind of looking at it, like, saying, wow, this is, this is awesome. We, we, need to, we need to make this film somehow. So at that point, we got um, Beaumont involved, and we said, hey, can you figure out a way for us to get in touch with, you know, people that'll be willing to um, invest in a, you know, uh, an independent science fiction film? So that's how the whole process started. Um, uh, you know, Robert Beaumont and um, myself, we went out there, and, and we got uh, investors to get involved in this project and in this vision. And that's how it came to fruition. That's actually really awesome. Uh, just for posterity's sake, um, you know, having that entire, I guess, process come together, um, I did want to read the synopsis of uh, of twenty three oh seven Winter's Dream. Just I was so wondering give, why you were holding the laptop. Yeah, just like so that. we can give some context. It was just like sure. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so the year is twenty three oh seven A.D. Uh, the Earth is frozen over and virtually in- uninhabitable. Uh, the remaining humans live underground, unable to survive uh, the subarctic te- uh, temperatures. With no manpower, scientists bioengineered humanoids that possess a great strength, speed, and tolerance to extreme cold. A rogue humanoid named Ash-393 uh, escapes from captivity and threatens to lead a humanoid rebellion against mankind. Uh, Arizona Federation leader, General Trajan, sends an elite team of Spartan 7 soldiers to hunt down and to terminate Ash. Uh, decorated ven- uh, veteran humanoid killer, Commander Bishop, will lead the team and face his greatest foe. So, you know, reading this, you know, you are Commander Bishop. Did you always imagine you as Commander Bishop? <laughs> well, not really. When I, was ri- when I was writing the screenplay, I was, I was trying to figure out, like, you know, and time in another technical difficulty brought to you by the Geek Say What Network. Paul, sorry yeah, to interrupt. No problems, no problems. Where were you? So <laughs> basically, I was I was elaborating on how I originally didn't imagine myself as as Commander Bishop. Um, I think in the original story concept and then the subsequent screenplay that was written, we were trying to write this this character who has a lot of uh, hero-like qualities, but he comes um, from a very dark place and he has to overcome a lot of challenges. As the screenplay was being written, we realized that um, because of, of my investment in the, in the writing process, that um, I had a, you know, 
I guess, I don't know. I don't know if parallels is the right word because I'm definitely, you know, as a, as a normal guy, I'm not like Commander Bishop because he has a lot of awesome qualities. That you never hunted down humanoids? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Oh, so wait, this wasn't a true story. I, yeah, yeah, I, okay. I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's somebody that you know it would, you know, that I, I'd, I'd, I'd aspire to be like somebody who could like get through like all these challenges in life and and keep kind of plowing forward for the greater good. Um, so no, the question is no. I didn't originally um, uh, imagine myself being that, but. Through the process, um, I I became that guy. But I have to feel like, as an actor, like that would be something f- that would be interesting to play. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. you're playing someone who's not exactly like you at all, and then you um, you get to kind of explore this person, how they would think, how they would act. I mean, I don't know how deep you go with your own professional personal method, but I would imagine like that that had to be like um, very interesting for you. It it was it it was. It was beautiful to to play this character, and originally when I approached um, uh, Commander Bishop, I was I was filled with a lot of fear. Actually, I was very apprehensive, and kind of, and quite frankly, guys, I was I was worried that there's no way that I could portray him because um, of because of all his qualities and because of the of the depth of where he's coming through. So it it took a it took a long process to really understand. The psychology of, of the commander and to to get into his shoes and so that prep for me as an actor um, began um, about a year and a half before we actually did the the filming because being so involved with the with the screenplay process I was able to to really um, explore the character um, you know change you know habits in my lifestyle learn learn special things that would um, would would make his depiction more true and more at, truthful at this point you're already like dieting and working out or that came later the, no I, I the as soon as um i knew the project was a go okay. was when we started you know training both both mentally and physically yeah. to to be him now did you uh, speak with any soldiers or anything around this time to try and get an idea of where their mindset would be going back into service or like having previous uh, like details and stuff like that going forward, or is this kind of did Joey kind of uh, go into those aspects of the, the storytelling? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I did speak to um, several veterans uh, about their experiences um, in in war, in combat. Um, you know how they conducted themselves in special operations. Um, you know, a lot of technical questions like you know you know, what are you worried about when you're entering a room? You know, you know, how, how are you going in there? Is it, you know, you know, are you going in there like Rambo, you know, or, or, or what are your, what are the concepts? And it was interesting. It was just always the, the same theme was like, just, you know, protecting your, um, protecting your, your team and at the same time relying on your team. So some of those concepts came through, uh, pretty strong and we, um, we tried to, um, uh, bring that to the to the team that was that was you know playing the rest of the Spartans, and then also I you know I I never really fired guns so I had to I went to some special like um, gun schools. Yeah, there's like one called the Aegis Academy over by Temecula. So I spent some time there, um, you know, just learning how to fire um, uh, like a you know nine millimeter and some shotguns because okay. I wanted to have a feel for 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 how it would feel to really hold like an assault you know an assault weapon like that 
um, because obviously, you know, the, our props look really awesome, but yeah, uh, they don't really fire lasers, guys. So Wait, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, no. hold it. No, I interview over. Now. We're it's, it's ruined. <laughs> it's ruined now. So, you know, just... Yeah. Well, with all the changes um, that uh, and all the research you're doing with the character, w- was Bishop like different at any points? Like, I always wonder, like, you know, because you're figuring out all these things about your character, um, and then like, then you finally arrive at the final product. I mean, was Bishop a different guy at some point? Was he older? Was he younger? Was he was he just a a, a sassy British gentleman at one point? Like, yeah. what the <laughs> yeah? What was like, like the, yeah. the evolution of yeah. Bishop? Well, I think at the core, he was always the same because he's driven by this deep love for his daughter. And that's the core of the character. He's He has this um, um, insurmountable will to move forward once he finds out that um, his daughter is alive. And that's what propels him through the, through the movie. It's not necessarily revenge or, um, you know, getting back at someone, but it's actually a story of love. And that was always his core. Um, as far as his, like, you know, his his age um, uh, in the film or, who, you know, who he was, it was what his background was, we, we deliberately made the story to be, um, uh, you know, inclusive of sort of, like, all the geographic components of the world. So if you look at the, if you look at the cast and the makeup, it's really trying to represent the world because in this future, the world comes together to survive. So... We weren't too worried about like you know you know is does he have an English background or is he from like mm-hmm. you know um, you know Italy or whatnot? He was just he sort of just represents humanity three hundred years in the future, um, and he's a um, you know a, a dishonorably discharged soldier. Well, I, it's interesting too because like you do cover different um, archetypes and character types. In with you have um, you have more of the ones who are just like doing just their duty. They're there to simply serve to serve. You have some of the hotshot kind of guys, and Bishop is that kind of that straightforward like this is his mission and he wants to get it done for you know for his own personal reasons and some of the other guys they're they're not there for anything as as noble as that like they're just soldiers to be because i want to be in a bug hunt essentially like i mean it feels like aliens at times too right and like they're just there for the just for the fun of it yeah you're right yeah yeah Yeah, i i I can see that that parallel quite a bit yeah it was was, was good though because you have you see different aspects of of why these soldiers are going into what do what they want to do to go on these missions like why would they put themselves on the line to go and do this and so it's it's covered in multiple different uh viewpoints cool yeah definitely. so it's like i'm curious too like what were there any other characters you had uh kind of built built up and they go you know this is you only have enough kind of screen time for these four stories or these these amount of people or were was that already always the size of the crew you had built that was the the size of the crew. We we always imagined the uh, the Spartan teams as very specialized units, like four or five guys at the most. So when we um, were originally writing it, it was always like those four or five guys. Um, I think, you know, in the original draft, like the the very first draft, the the makeup of the of the actual other soldiers was was very different. Mm. And I actually had to have, I got some input into, um, um, like, who were going to be the other Spartans. So I kind of wanted, you know, I I made an active decision. I really wanted to see, like, a different palette of people in there. So I wanted to see, like, you know, El Hata, someone, you know, from, you know, 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 Africa. I wanted to see Subutai, somebody who could be from, you know, the Far East. Um, You know, Ishmael originally was... um, someone from more like, you know, the Arabian Peninsula and so forth. Um, uh, and 
and even kicks you know was was you know individual from like northern northern europe and so yeah. on and and bishop was just supposed to be like sort of this world character representing the world in general the everyday man the everyday man exactly and so it's this crew that is uh you know comes together from different parts of the world and and they're and they're you know moving forward together and that's a that's a concept that that uh that I that I wanted to make sure was 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 there. <laughs> yeah, it's good. One uh overarching theme that I absolutely loved is the idea of like the distrust of technology in a sense. Um I I I just have this thing about characters who, you know, when when there's like a world of guns and lasers, like I love the dude who takes the sword. You know? <laughs> and and um uh, for for me personally, like that's something that I really connected to that that distrust that you know you want like you get the feeling that Bishop wanted to trust in his own devices in his own I guess willpower in that sense. It, it, am I am I like touching that theme? I, or like... I I think you I think you nailed it, which is really cool because. You know, in the future, when you know technology, you know, it, you know, takes over, and we as humanity, you know, come up with this um, slave labor force, you know, it's really, it's really, only the people that you know hold true to to nature that are really sort of in touch with themselves and 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 with the planet, and and that's really depicted by you know Anne Solin um, Hate, who plays um, Atka. So when Atka comes along and saves Bishop. She's out there, you know, relying on just, you know, basically her own wits and the things that have been passed down, uh, you know, to her from generation after generation. So she depicts a, you know, Native American and she's sort of like, in a sense, you know, probably like the the, the smartest character in, in the film. So, so yeah, that theme is, is definitely there where, where Bishop has that inclination, like he doesn't really trust in in the weapon systems to hold in the dead zone because he's been out in the dead zone a few times and he kind of, he knows what's going to happen. Um, he doesn't really, he, he has that sort of, um, he might have this, um, uh, kind of premonition or suspicion of what's happening around him. So he goes back to his base instinct. So he relies on like, you know, cold metal, you know, and, you know, bows and arrows and things like that. Yeah. yeah. I, by the way, I have to say like, um, I'm very proud of everyone here for not spoiling anything big in the movie because <laughs> i'm dying i'm, I'm dying because i can't talk about the third I'm, act i'm like i'm like trying to tiptoe around stuff and i'm like i want to oh wait no they should see that and i'm like ah. like uh, i know just the ne- like the the hour after this podcast we're just gonna go to town on the third act and like yeah i know that i can feel it at this you can point feel it. cool uh, connecting to that and this is something that producer justin and i are really excited to ask you about yeah Okay, you already talked about going through some firearm training. Yeah. Okay, what about, like, other combat training? What was there, I mean, did you already, were you already, like, naturally was, good was with a knife? Was there a stunt team you had to work with yeah, or, like, really. anything like that? <laughs> well, okay, yeah, that's that's actually, that's a great question. So there's there's two worlds in movie making, right? So there's, you know, sort of the larger budget studio films, and then there's the independent world of movie making. And when we came up with the the finalized screenplay, there was some action scenes in there, obviously. And the action scenes were, you know, the the drama and the dialogue was very specific, and it was written so that everyone has a 
has an arc and there's a theme and there's a there's a story to grasp a common thread but the action was was more was more kind of written in general terms like the team enters here and a you know a, a fight takes place or this or that so then i sat down with the production team and the director and i was like okay so you know you always hear stories of, of like, okay, like, you know, for, for like the Wolverine or for the Avengers, you know, they had like nine months and they, and, and, and they got <laughs> yeah. to, they got to train with that. So I was like, well, we saw some of that in the movie. You were training your ass off 17 so, pounds of muscle. And so, <laughs> sorry, sorry to go back to that. Anyway, go, go, go. Well, well, just so, say it. I'm just, so, so I was asking these guys, I was like, so, you know, you know, when do we start the choreographing, you know? So like, you know, you know, when do we, when do we do these, these scenes and that scenes? So, you know, Joe was like, you know, I was talking to Joe, and he's like, you know, look, you know, um, you know, primarily, you know, we're we're making this sci-fi drama slash action film, but our problem was like also like our, we had like a bit of a budgetary issue as well because we didn't have like a formal, um, you know, fight coordinator or stunt coordinator coordinator on board. So, so Joe and I, we we had to sit down and think about like, you know, how how is a Spartan going to fight in the future? So. He suggested, like, you know, you know, maybe maybe look into Krav Maga, for instance, and look into some boxing techniques and some um, maybe some like mixed martial arts. So at that point, as soon as we knew the film was a go, I just started taking Krav Maga classes. That's so that awesome. way, so that way, you know, I could just sort of get toughened up and and kind of you know expect the be ready for the unexpected. Yeah. And so when the when you know shooting came around. Um, and we had to do some of those action scenes. Um, we we really didn't have um, uh, like a formal, uh, you know, you know, stunt coordination effort before the actual like action scenes. And I'm talking about like the fighting. So like for instance, that one scene where where I knock the um, pull the knife. Spoiler out alert. Of, well, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. No, no, go so ahead. so so there 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 was one scene where I had to disarm somebody with a knife and. Um, I literally Robert Beaumont, who's the producer, is also big on uh, on on MMA. So okay. he like goes to an MMA gym and he like kind of tussles around and you know. And I always ask him, I go, you know, do you do you really enjoy that? He's like, yeah, man, it's it's great. I feel good. And I was like, I was like, okay, that's that's good. So I'm I'm glad you do that. I, I don't do that <laughs> kind of stuff. I just don't. I'm just like, I was like, that's that's good. I'm you know. He's like, yeah, I feel pumped, man. I, you know feel good and i was like cool so so basically <laughs> basically the day before the scene robert's like we can do this and i was like okay so we just got we were in buffalo shooting and then we went uh to this sort of like area that had like sort of like a gym floor kind of wooden floor and we just okay. we just ran through it like a few times and uh and then and then we got it and the next day we, we shot it and that's sort of how most of the 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 action the action unfolded and then then also the other the other thing that was helpful was we had like um a couple of um really good stunt guys like the guy who was doing the stuff for Ash 393 um was um who was great in the film by the way yeah he was awesome Derek Niekirk and and so he was just this huge guy who had like a lot of control so when you're when you're working with guys who have really good control over their body it just makes you look better basically and it may, and, and it's it's easier for you to like just sort of get you know thrown around and stuff safely so so every, everything was was i wouldn't say it's like it was on the fly i mean it was definitely planned but we didn't have we didn't have that formal prep so we just had to 
sort of go in there. So, um, like just, uh, you know, do that, do as much training as you can on your own and, and sort of, you know, expect the unexpected, which was, um, which, which was, which was really tough for a guy like me because I'm not like, you know, I'm not this guy who's out there in gyms all day long, you know, doing mixed martial arts and stuff, but, uh, but it was, it was definitely worth it. It was fun. Nice. But you're, uh, but I love finding out little stories like this when it comes to like indie films, because it's like, um, you have to do the best you can with what you have. Yeah. And I, I love that because that's when you like your, I feel like that's when you're most creative because finding out stories like this because um, people like they want to make this movie because they really want to. And, and that is one thing, like I said, it I felt like it came through in the movie. Yeah. Well, it's like limitations can, can sometimes make you think of something in a new way. Like, okay, well, we can't do that, but let's try this. And it gives you, if you have more of a framework to work within, you're like, okay, well, this is what we can do up to this point, so we can go here, here, and here. So it's definitely, it adds to the creative process for some people, and I'm definitely like that. It sounds like you're like that too. Yeah, and the whole crew was like that. Every Everyone attached with this film was, was quite frankly, they were all they were all beautiful. It was like really amazing to see all these folks just give everything they have every day. And um, I can't praise them enough. Like, you know, like, you know, the grips, the gaffers, everybody, you know, um, the, the, the actors who were um, involved in the film, they just, uh, they just gave it their all, their all because they really, they were, they really believed in the film. And, and we really felt like um, we were making something, you know, you know, truly unique and, and, and special. So it was, uh, it was great. It was just, it was just, it was a lot of hard work, but man, that was, it was so fun too. It was so fun. Were, were those, um, those fight scenes kind of the toughest days for you? Or do you find like the physical stuff's okay? It's more like when you have to put on a better performance, like what, what was tougher for you? I th- Cause, Cause there are some like pretty like rough environments in the movie that you have to film in and do your thing through. So I was wondering like, you know, what was, I mean, for you, what was harder? Well, I think the, um, I think the the days where we were doing the the action scenes were were I think they were like a little funner for me. Mm. Um, I think some of the 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 scenes which were more um, you know that that had more of a you know dramatic and in, you know uh, inclination towards them were were definitely a little tougher for me because to to be wrapped up in the character of Commander Bishop really it just drained me a lot. It took a lot a lot out of me, and I and and even though even though the the filming was was fun and and I loved it I I just remember that last day when when um when I wasn't commander bishop anymore I just I kind of felt like this this weight lifted off me for a moment and I felt like wow it's like you know I'm not walking around with that that grief or that for or that pain anymore but th- really I I think the most difficult aspect of this film was just the cold I did, I, just, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I got to be honest. It was like freezing. It was like it was Lake Erie was literally frozen over. This was, you know, 2015 uh, January, and the lake was frozen over. Oh my god! It was crazy. It was, you know, the wind chill factor brought it down into negatives. We didn't have like you know heaters out there. Sometimes you know the the heater would work. Sometimes it wouldn't. But everyone was like literally like frozen every day and when we when we got back uh, off the ice we were just like whoa <laughs> that was <laughs> that was crazy uh but that was that was also really cool too because because it it put us in winter's dream like yeah. it it put us in this in this future where like you know 
you're thinking to yourself, like me as a regular human would just die out here. And now, but but like a Spartan with all his like you know bio enhancements would be able to survive a little bit longer out on the cold. Yeah, it's interesting too. Like that reminds me of uh, Evil Dead, where they they would shoot. They shot in this like little abandoned, almost abandoned uh, house, and they would talk about how because of all the fake blood and stuff. The shirt would they t- he'd take it off of because of all the sweat and set it aside, and they'd come back to it to cause like okay time to film the next scene and it'd be frozen just like <laughs> stiff and he's like um, <laughs> we have to thaw this out first before we go back to the next scene and like just those conditions can it can wear you down so much but then it adds so much authenticity to your character because you're just like you are that haggard you're in that cold and it just it draws it out of you. I mean, how many uh, days in the cold were you filming? Well, we I mean, just in case, spoiler: a large chunk of this movie takes place in. <laughs> in it's snow. called Winter's Dream. Yeah. I think yeah. they're on board. Well, I'm it's just making sure in case Cole's listening. Anyway, <laughs> right, right. the The interiors were done in in L.A. Um, that was like a couple weeks, and then we spent about uh, roughly like four to five weeks um, on Buffalo, out on the lake. So, uh, oh so or and, and there was like some shots that weren't on the lake, but it was it was still like really cold, like these abandoned warehouses that were you know um you know like freezers basically so it was it was it was cold <laughs> and i complain like when it's like raining in the morning and i yeah. feel like oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh the ac's not on it's like it's like 72 in here i can't take it <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly what happened before you got here <laughs> right <laughs> but uh, again it's um uh, going back to well i'm gonna go back a little further for you paul yeah. so um, I don't know if we covered this back in the pop-up podcast. Ah, covered uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so going back, like, how did you get into acting? What was your first like? Well, my your first taste of it, and you're like, I gotta, I gotta do this. Well, as a child, I've I've always had a, a love for for acting and, and film and cinema, but um, I really didn't get the opportunity to to act in a movie until I did this um, foreign film um, back in 2010 called Acre Decision and that was my first taste of acting um, I actually you know went over to uh, to India to shoot that film and um, it was you know it was it was an awesome experience it was crazy it was crazy in a different way because it was like really hot <laughs> and I was like, I was like, wow, this is like, this is like, I was like sweating every day, and it was just losing weight because of the sweat. And I was like, man, it'd be nice to be in a colder environment. Well, that's so, what your brain decided. Like, I should write a story set in the winter, <laughs> in the cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, it's like, but now like your mind's like, I'm gonna write a, a story set in a office building where the AC's working, <laughs> and just like they bring me food. Like this, your, your storytelling change depends. Like, no, I'm done. It's just I'm, called nice and comfortable. Yeah, that's nice. all yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. We just like pl- let's please get him into a movie that's just called nice and comfortable. Nice and so comfortable. you just don't have to deal <laughs> with any extremes. Of this. Yeah. And then there's still like a volcano or something. <laughs> <laughs> or On a, a frozen tundra. So it's like you go past the frozen tundra to get to the volcano. Like, okay, two extremes, done. We can move on. <laughs> same universe. That's yeah, it. Same universe. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the prequel to the... Yeah. Now, uh, I wanted to bring it back even further okay. at this point. You, you spoke about uh, how uh, Commander Bishop is, is that sort of unique. I'm sorry. Know? I thought you were going to go, so when your parents met, that's what <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> sorry. Anyway. Uh, so can't like, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. So um, bringing it back to, I, I guess, like the hero's journey and, and, and that idea, where do you think... Well, okay. Uh, sorry. This is like a two-part question. 
<laughs> the first part if of there this were only is, some long form interview uh, style that we could do I know that to, we could just ask yeah. questions and just, and just be silly and yeah, do whatever yeah. we want okay fine i'll go with the silly one first okay okay <laughs> if bishop came up against any sort of like other pop culture hero at this point right. who do you think you could legitimately beat who could i beat yeah who, who could, who could, who could commander take? bishop take whether it be in the comic book universe, the the you know the film universe, the uh, anything. Wow, that's that's a, that's a tough question. So, who are we gonna take on here? So like Jason reads comic books, so, by the way. So. so like so like which which universe do you want me to go after? Uh, you, uh, what are you most familiar with? Well, um, well, you know, being a you know being a sci-fi guy, you know, uh, you know the the worlds of Star Trek, Star Wars. DC, Marvel. Ooh, I mean, okay, I, okay, Kirk. So I Bishop versus Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> Bishop versus Kirk. Ooh. I want to hear this one. Well, I you know, I, I think I think Commander Bishop would probably have to get one up I, on, I gotta give on, on Captain Kirk. There's no there's no yeah. contest on that yeah. one. Yeah, right? Kirk that'd, just kinda sits in a chair. That'd be tough. Yeah. yeah. I mean the, the cool thing about well, the cool thing about um, you know, Captain Kirk is that is that he you know he always he's he always manages to 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 get out of the situation and he uses his wit and um you know if and if you really watch the star trek episodes he's he's actually kind of a good fighter you know you know because he comes up against like you know lizards and whatnot and, <laughs> I he, see and he kind of, <laughs> he, yeah I'm like he's got a gorn or two like yeah. he's okay <laughs> Like he's no longer. He's, he whoa, no, whoa, whoa! Yeah. Have you fought a Goran twice? <laughs> <laughs> Comic Con 2012, <laughs> Comic Con 2014. Right. But so. I, but you, but but Bishop fights superhuman like Noids. So I'm like I'm saying yeah, exactly. I, like he he's he's currently trained to be in the field. Essentially, it's the difference between like Worf and Captain Kirk. Like Worf is ready to get in the thick of it. So is Commander Bishop. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like Kirk's like, no, we must not interject with. This society, <laughs> yeah, that's nice. a really horrible. By was, the way, I thought I mean, it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, if if like he's so he's an enhanced guy. Bishop has enhancements, and that's why he's able to survive out in the cold. And um, part of these and these are like you know biogenetic enhancements, much along the lines of like you know uh, you know super soldier form formula or something. So I think he could go toe to toe with a Winter Soldier. Yeah, I will Ooh. give you that. He only has I'd one like... robotic arm. <laughs> no, no, but didn't he go through like the super? Doesn't he have other kind abilities? Of, he, not yeah, really. well, no, because I mean, again, too, it's like it's like our brains because we're we're nerds are like, okay, so there's the movie version of Winter Soldier, and then there's a comic version of Winter Soldier where he was like he was kind of trained by the Red Room as well, and like there's other stuff like he trained with uh, Black Widow in the comics. And so, like, there's other stuff that, like, my brain's like, oh, but wait, uh, like, are we talking about movie Winter Soldier or are we talking about comic book Winter Soldier? <laughs> this is why I have them on the show. I have, like, two encyclopedias at <laughs> <Right>. my disposal. <laughs> okay. I do have to point out, though, that Black Widow's style is a little bit more spyish, while uh, Bishop's style is very much more hunter. Yeah. Yeah, and he I, does and I, have that awesome yeah, sword. <laughs> yes, right? And Just you saying. Can, yeah. You can't, f and she has batons. That wouldn't work. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, you were talking about enhancements. Bishop and Darth Vader. No force powers. Oh, I don't know, man. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I'd say mobility goes to Bishop. Yeah, yeah right? Is this fight in the dark zone? Because if it is, oh, then, oh like, everything's zone. done. Vader's just like, yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> 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 
Like no lightsaber, no no life support. He's done. And I, Bishop's just like, what now? I don't know, guys. I, I'd have to walk away from that because I, I, I just, <laughs> I just, I, I just have a tremendous respect for the Jedi. You know, I just, I wouldn't want to mess with them, okay, or even a former okay. Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Winter Soldier. I feel like that's a good comparison. Yeah, okay. that's good. Yeah, I like that. You, you said there was like a. Well, you said that was the silly half of the question. What was the other? Honestly, I don't even remember the other half. <laughs> I've just been wanting that. To, cool like one. we're we're forty six minutes in. I just wanted to ask that. One. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. That's cool. <laughs> oh, but, but um, so I mean, um, were there? We we talked about a little bit before, but was there any specific inspiration for Bishop when you were? Uh, any characters that you were thinking of, or was it just kind of like you had to really search for it? We we had to search for this guy because okay. because of his of his unique circumstances. I mean, the the core the core of Bishop really is 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 a man whose whose family is stripped away from him, and he has to somehow come out of the doldrums of depression and um, go after um, some hope that's presented to him, which is in the form of of, of his daughter. So that's that's the, really the core of the character, and then we built around him all the special aspects of him, which make him like a Spartan Seven soldier, which would make him unique and interesting to to the world that he's going to survive in, and also to to ensure that he's actually able to move forward in this journey without um, you know freezing over or dying. <laughs> oh, so speaking. Oh, I didn't ask you this one before. So Sp- sorry. Back to your death battle situation. Oh, great. I, okay. Uh, <laughs> No, Spartan soldier went went out against Master, Master Chief. Chief. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like who wins that one? Because it's it's both in, enhanced. I get you guys know more about Master Chief than I do. That's Bishop every time. Yeah, that's <laughs> really Bishop. Yeah. It, yes, man. Because okay, first off, Bishop doesn't have any sort of AI help like at all. Like he's enhanced, and we get that, you know. But Master Chief relies heavily on Cortana. Yeah. Who's mm. always who's telling him where to go, guiding him, telling him all the systems that no. If Bishop needs no help whatsoever, I'm offended that we ask this. Okay, at this point. Right, cool. Same. <laughs> cool. Got, He's heavily armored. Some, He's uh, got the weapons. I mean, we got some Commander Bishop fans here. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Jason has his Commander Bishop cosplay ready. For I might. <laughs> All right. That's cool. But this this facial hair growth is like 30 years worth, so I can't. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do it. Okay. Although, okay. Th- and this is this was another one of my silly questions. I'm sorry. Do you miss the beard? At all? Do I miss the beard? Um, I think you had it like a little bit when we. Yeah, last you know, saw you. I I had it, but um, I had to shave it off because I'm I'm actually I'm doing an, uh, another project ah. in in a in a few uh, about in about a, a couple months, so they they, they required me to. Mm. To shave the beard off, so I was kind of like, I was kind of bummed. Was like, uh, Does that okay. one have a crazy workout routine? Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, no. <laughs> that, that 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 one's not a crazy workout routine. Okay. I think it's more like a driving routine. But um, what? Hold it. Can yeah. you, wait. How much of this movie? Can, how much can you talk about? This That's all I can say. Dang okay. It. Cool. All, all, right. all, all, all I can say is bullet style chase sequence, and that's it. <laughs> oh, Why so would you do that? No. <laughs> now, now we're gonna be bugging you about this, no. and then you're like, "Oh, these guys won't leave me alone." Yeah, yeah. That's, that's another hour off air at this I, point. I can't, wait, I can't wait to see Fast Nine. I'm really interested. Commander <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Bishop goes. Hey, no, it's definitely not that. <laughs> Him no, and that, Vin no, are just like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Vin are just buddies now. Oh like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just play D and D all the time. Yeah, yeah we family. <laughs> 
so so being bishop as a hero uh, must have been you know it, it sounds like it was a really arduous process for you you know like getting to the core of it as well um are there any other heroes that you like ever want to play at this point like anybody that's like just burning in your heart like you you know you can portray them Wow, that's, or, and I'm sorry. Or, you know, even just a dream role. Yeah, just like, like even what would you want to play? Yeah. Well, I mean, I th- I think that uh, there's wow, there's just there's just so many good characters out there that that I think are that I think are spectacular. You know, and this is gonna sound crazy, guys, and you know, you may lose me on this one. You're on the right show. Yeah, for you're that. on. Let's uh, go. Yeah. Come on. But I. I would love to to play a Jedi. Yes, <laughs> yes, I would love it. I would. I you are would, in if, the right if, crowd, sir. If, you know, I heard these rumors of this, like you know, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi, you know, you know, movie. You know how they're doing the different timelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Obi Wan could use like Jedi help. You oh, know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. So. That that's me, guys. That'd even me. even just like a Jedi bro, just yeah, just so Jedi bro, brother, yeah, exactly. wait, wait, brother wait, wait, wait. in arms. Ken, Ken, do you want to talk about your favorite Jedi right now? I well, it's like <laughs> I if you guys could see Ken's face. Well, like, there's so many different things. Like, like you spring of Star Wars, and my mind goes in like ten different ways. Like, I think of Depa Balaba, who is actually like kind of an Indian Jedi. Bless you. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Say that again. Her name is Depa Balaba. Okay. And she's actually she was uh, introduced in uh, Phantom Menace as like one of like the background Jedi, but they built stories for her and like she actually trained Kanan the last Padawan who Holy then be, you know so it's like like I think of that and I'm like there's they did a really good job in the, I mean people there's lots of things to knock about the prequels but they do a really good job about having a wide variety of Jedi like you have different species you have different races like it's really inclusive and it's really good which is you know that's the juxtaposition against the the Empire who's just like nope we only want British white guys in our ranks. That's it. Like, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Up until first, uh, until the first order came around, it, they sort of changed it up. How are we not telling Paul about Quinlan Voss right now? Oh, Quinlan Voss. I'm just as clueless on this one as you are, Paul. I, okay. I don't know who this is. <laughs> Quinlan Voss. Sounds uh, familiar. Sounds familiar. <laughs> Actually, you, you'll get on it soon because you're watching Clone Wars. I you, just finished it. You fi- the, okay, then you should know Quinlan Voss. He's Which the more. He? He was the more roguish Jedi. He had dreadlocks. Oh, that guy. Okay, was, yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like he's one of my favorites. Um, but I'm, I'm curious where you're drawing the lines because I, from the way that uh, that Paul's coming coming off, coming across, and as opposed to like he said he's not like Bishop, where Bishop does kind of fall in that kind of uh, t- uh, tougher. Um, I'm trying to think of the right words here. Uh, where he kind of wa- walks his own path, like like Quinlan Voss does. Paul himself comes off more of a a thoughtful Jedi, more like the the typical idea of like you know Obi Wan Kenobi, Depa Balaba, um, and Yoda ish. We we talk about this a lot, Paul. Yeah, like <laughs> we like you're you're literally in a room where two out of the four of us have multiple lightsabers in their collection. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool. a good question. I can respect that. That's a good question. Yeah. Would you want one lightsaber or two? No, just just one in green. Oh, I, oh, he had the color I, already. Okay. And I appreciate that you already picked the color. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. you. Yeah, these two approve. I'm undecided. I just, okay. Okay. Yeah, no, we, okay. we already know what you yeah. want, you imperial dog. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there, there's a natural gravel, though, in, in, a, in Bishop's voice when, when he does speak. And that's what made me think of Quinlan Moss in the first place. Okay, yeah, that I it's, see that. Uh, that it's a... Uh, I guess it's it's unrefined, but to a point where it's uh, 
it's memorable. Yeah. You okay. know? And that's how I felt about Quinlan Vos. You really got to look him up. <laughs> okay, I'm going to look I mean, him up. Uh, you're yeah. really, when when you get on the internet later and you look up Quinlan Vos, the first is going to be, oh, you say what started the Pulsadu for Quinlan Vos? <laughs> okay, <laughs> there there you go. Go. Well, <laughs> well, actually, touching on what Jason said, like, you, you do do this voice in the film. I got to add, like, does that kind of take a toll on you? Like, yeah. Yeah, it for, does. Yeah, because for me, I would I'm like sore after one of these episodes. I can't imagine so, what you went through. Yeah, I mean, really, to, I mean, that was one of the things to to step into into Bishop's character. It not only was stepping into his physicality and the way he walks, but also, you know, in the sense of the way he talks. You know, the way he talks and the way he projects himself and the way he uses, you know, his his vocal cords in a sense. So as you can see, uh, um, I'm drinking this green tea with honey, and you were asking, is that my favorite drink? And I was like, no, it's not, actually. But this is what kept my voice from going out um, uh. you know, during the shooting. every My voice would give out a lot, and, and they'd always be like, get Paul green tea with honey. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, also because so. it's so cold. Like, you're doing, you're shooting in uh, Buffalo, New York, and it's like it's freezing cold. Like, yeah, that, that, that hurts your, every, all those... Inhales will constantly be pulling on your vocal cords and, and constricting them. Oh, guys, so you guys, like, sorry, I got to throw this in there. Go. I got to do this, okay? Please, because I, I'm I'm not gonna like myself if I don't do this. You guys were talking about characters, okay? Yes. Okay, so this one, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you, and, oh. I, and I apologize for Bring interrupting it. you. But here's the deal. So we talked about the Jedi. Here, here's here's another group of guys that would be totally rad to play. I think I could be one of the lanterns. Oh, yeah. I could do a Green Lantern. Yeah, if 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 DC like really like thought out of the box, and they like they rebooted Aquaman into like Jason Momoa, who's awesome. Yeah, I could I could do Green Lantern. Paul could yeah. do now, definitely playing to the crowd tonight. Now, <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you thinking more of a Hal Jordan, a Guy Gardner, Kyle Reiner? Well, definitely. I don't I don't think it'd be like Hal Jordan because Hal's more. You know, he's he's a little. He's witty, you know. Hal's witty, a little more, you know, you know, brash, kind, kind of, yeah, kind of brash, yeah. yeah. I think, um, um, yeah, probably not Hal, but d- you, I'd have to bring something, something different to it, actually. Something well, what, something you knew. What would you want to bring to it? Like, you know, we were talking about being that sort of thoughtful Jedi at this yeah. point. W- would you want that sort of the same sort of thoughtfulness yeah, in a lantern? Yeah, definitely. I, I think, I think. Look, if you're if you're entrusted with one sector of the universe and you're drawing your power from Oa and the immortals, you know, you, you, you must have a huge sense of responsibility. And like, you know, the, I, I think, I think like, you know, if, if your mind is sharp and fast enough, these lanterns, they're almost like, you know, demigods in a sense, you know, what they can do. So, so I, I think, I think there would be like a heavy weight of, of, of responsibility on this guy. Not that he's like depressed or anything or, you know, walking around in, you know, in solitude all the time. But I, I think there'd be a lot more, um, uh, a lot more, you know, sage like qualities, you know, coming off the lantern as opposed to, you know, uh, you know, the, the policeman of the universe. I don't think that'd be legit. I, See, yeah. that's how I know you're a good dude, because I would abuse the hell out of these powers. <laughs> like, I, like me going to like bad yellow lantern, like that would not take long at 
Oh. That would not take long. <laughs> <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> like, I'm just clearing traffic for myself. I'm getting the lines out of the way at Disneyland. I'm like, guys, I got stuff to do. Get out of the way. I gotta go. <laughs> I'm just abusing these powers, like, right away. <laughs> I'm oh, like I'm kicked out of there, like, immediately. <laughs> yeah, first day. <laughs> There's actually, in, like, one of the alternate timelines, uh, Batman Beyond, there is a young boy, like, Tibetan monk, Green Lantern. And, like, that's what, like, when you start talking, like, oh, that's kind of, like, it touches on that idea of, like, the the strength of will is, is not bound to simply being an adult or, like, any kind of, like, preconceived idea. It's just, like, if you have the mindfulness to be, like, this is my power, this is my responsibility, this is what I have to do, you come at it from, as opposed to just, like, I'm just a beat cop. It's a different a different uh, point of view. Different yeah, totally, totally. And, th- and that's the that's the really cool thing about that character. It's, like, in, and you, you just hit on it. It's, like... I think, I mean, now we're totally geeking out, guys, but... It's <laughs> like, you are on the right like, show. Again, it's, please it's, do it. It's like the power of will drives everybody. I mean, it's not just lanterns. It's everybody. You get up in the morning, the power of will, you know, you're you're doing things. You're making things happen. You're, you're um, you know, moving forward in life. And I think that's, I think, I think... I think he's just an awesome character, and if you know, it's 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 cool, man. It's you cool. just nailed the point of Green Lantern more than that horrible movie from a few <laughs> years ago. Like that was more a more concise idea of what the Green Lantern is than that whole movie could accomplish. Like that's insane. <laughs> well, it's just it's it's that's the problem with some movies in Hollywood. They they're not trying to tell the story that they that they sh- I'm gonna say they should tell. It's the one they think you want to know, and that's that's one of those things where it's like it's it gets tough. Okay, so we're at the, uh, let's see. At the one hour mark. We're at the one hour mark. Okay, yeah. well, we, well, let's wrap, let's keep this conversation going oh, and at but, least wrap but this I, part up. But, I, but yeah. I, I got to say, guys, and, and you guys are not going to like me for this one, but I enjoyed that movie. Because I just I, enjoy, I, I, I <laughs> oh my gosh oh where is I, oh I, I, a I, twist guys guys I my I enjoyed God. it it was just it was so cool just to see the the Green Lantern in that, action and that I can understand and it it was it was fun man for me it was cool and I I you know when everyone kind of like you know was down on it I was I was kind of bummed I was like you know because I could have seen that I could have seen them you know going on with it and just kind of. You know, making whatever adjustments they they need to make, but just kind of keep going with it. You know, they they I feel they could have. Oh, so you feel they didn't pull the trigger enough? Yeah, like, yeah. I I think they could have done more with with. I think they could have done more with it. What, and, what about um, the room here? What do you guys feel was the? Oh man, see, because first off, where's yeah, you know, what? I I, right I thought now. like we were at the hour hour mark, and I'm like, oh, we'll probably wrap it up around here. No, we just open it up. Yeah, Let's go. We, yeah, go, go on. I think I I mean, I think any story. I mean, and for lack of a better term, I'm I'm so sorry for this, but I think any story is salvageable. I think there's a. No, I, I, I agree a, with and you there. I I would say that there were points in the movie, but you know, and, and you know, Ken and I are in the room, kind of trying to be as as uh, diplomatic as possible. Right no, now. not on this show. Stop being <laughs> diplomatic. <laughs> no, but it, it's it's the idea that you take a character, you have seventy-ish years worth of incredible story arcs and then you pick that one like that's what confuses me my problem was that the the story arc itself is actually decent like the idea of okay this is his origin story this is him being trained on oa like there's still good story points there my problem is i mean i guess this is my own attachment to characters he didn't come across as hal jordan to me like he came across too too snarky at times and hal's hal's like full of himself to a certain degree but he's also he's he's one of those typical kind of silver age like square jawed i'm a hero 
he doesn't ha- he's not as uh flawed as some of the more modern characters are like Kyle Reiner or uh, Guy Gardner at least that's that's this is my take on him if everyone's open to their own thoughts um and like also I for me I also had problems with just design aspects of it like the look of the costume that didn't feel all right I know that they're going for something different. I, I, did, I enjoyed certain elements, like the idea of that they glow, and they've actually incorporated some of that into the more recent car, uh, comics and stuff. But there's there's a lot of visuals there that I think didn't quite nail it and hit home for me. And uh, I, I do have to mention this, and Kenny, you're going to laugh. Uh, great friend of the show, Kareem Anderson, uh, brought up an idea about how we don't, as an audience, need origin stories anymore. And Green Lantern in that in that very first act is is pure origin story, as opposed and I'm sorry to bring it back, but to Winter's Dream, we didn't need to see Commander Bishop go through his Spartan training. We didn't we need to see. Yeah, yeah, we just know that through exposition, he is nobody to be messed with at this point. And you were able to to tell that in a few minutes as opposed to a movie like Green Lantern had to tell it in like an hour. And uh, for for me, I appreciate that you essentially didn't treat the, the audience dumb. And then I'm, to add to that, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass here. Like I actually, <laughs> I actually did enjoy Winter's Dream a bit more than the Green Lantern movie. So, <laughs> all right, <laughs> I, I, cool. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, he yeah, Jason hit it on the head right there. Awesome. Thank you guys. <laughs> um, I have a question for you too. So this was uh, this was one of your original kind of story ideas. Have you had any additional story ideas, like not necessarily set in the same world, but other ideas? Like, okay, you know, this could actually make a pretty good script, or just something you've been kicking around. Do you plan on like writing more stories of just uh, any different other universes, so to speak? And follow up question: Can we be in it? Or <laughs> Yeah, sure just thing. like Bishop, like tests out his new enhancements on like one of us. You just like punch us like ten yards away. I will be. I would love to be punched <laughs> on camera. I've already noted that I want to be the comms officer. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> right when we opened it up. Right. Yeah. So. Got it. <laughs> well, you know, currently, I, you know, I, I am, I am, uh, you know, actively working on the treatment for um, Winter's Dream Part Two. So that's something I'm, I'm working on. Breaking I've been, news. Been working on it for. <laughs> For, for quite some time now, sort of, you know, in between, you know, some of these other projects I'm involved with. And I'm, I'm hoping to to really, um, you know, have have something uh, readable ready by by the end of the year. And then wow. uh, and if you guys see me with with my beard again then you then, you know, it's on. <laughs> uh, we're just like stalking you on social media as much as possible. Like, no, it's, it, it's, it's did he shave? No, no, he's not. Oh, it's, it's like beard watch for Jon Snow where people are like, oh, no, he didn't shave. So he's coming back next season. OK, OK, we know now That's he's funny. in Belfast. Guys, he's in Belfast. So, you know, he's gonna be there with the White Walker soon. So That's funny. <laughs> I'm glad that we've started two campaigns. Yeah. One for wait, what was the first one that we? Oh, one for Quinlan Voss, and then the other one for Beardwatch. So I'm, okay. I'm glad we're we're being as creepy as possible to you. Yeah, that's <laughs> right cool. Now. Again, that's cool. No, and after the long drive too. I'm very sorry about problems. <laughs> <laughs> now you've been involved with other projects uh, as playing different roles and stuff. This one, however, was your own like project and, and you know your own story to build. Did you enjoy? Is there a certain freedom to just stepping into other roles versus this one, where it's like you're more invested? Oh, or how how has that played out for you? D- playing either just stepping into like you mentioned, uh, 
decision, some yeah, awkward decision, awkward yeah. decision, where that was just kind of stepping into the role for the first time, and this time you're coming in like, oh, I'm I'm deeply invested because I wrote, you know, you wrote the original treatment. I I think I think when you're when you're involved um, from the get go, like in the scripting process, as as an actor, you can really uh, invest a lot more, and I think it makes for a much more comfortable journey and a, and a smoother transition to that character. So, um, yeah, I, I feel really fortunate to, to be able to be involved, like, you know, you know, back from the foundation of this, of this whole, whole journey. And I think, yeah, I think that would, I think that would help anybody, um, in, in this profession. (laughs) Now, would you want to do another project where you're just like, like the Kevin Smith silent Bob, you're like, Oh, I'll be in the background, but you guys go do this. This is still my story, but I'm just going to step back and not have to be the first call in the day. (laughs) I can come in at, at, you know, 1130, see how things are going, shoot my scene and go, you know, Oh, I'm wrapped for the day. All right, guys, I'm going back to my trailer. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, I, 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 I love this too much. I, I, I love getting up early and and getting out there and, and, and doing this. So it, you know, is, is, much involvement as I as I can get, um, I'll take it. Cool, very cool. Oh, th- there's one uh, another question I wanted to ask was like, um, you, you've done like a, a sci-fi drama action movie. Like, does you? I mean, you already have another role coming up, but would you want something vastly different, like a romantic comedy or just you know something like? Just on the other side of the spectrum. I feel like this is your sly way of asking if there are any more shirtless scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, be cool. Jason, be cool. Um, I, you know, I. I That's the other thing. Watch if he's getting in shape. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry. That's all right. It's it's cool. Um, I'm actually pretty excited about the the next project I'm doing, which is which is um. It's definitely uh, a different character ah. from from Commander Ooh. Bishop. He's 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 definitely um, a little bit a little bit lighter, um, a lighter in in, in context and, and his outlook on, on the world. So yeah, so I, I I'm getting the opportunity to to do something a little different from from the commander, but. With that being said, I love science fiction. So, like, if okay. if there's another science fiction opportunity that comes along, um, you know, I'm, I'm game. I'm definitely game. Well, I mean, we're talking about rebooting Firefly, so. <laughs> <laughs> Fox, if you're listening. Yeah, right. Actually, please be listening to yeah, the show. Just be- <laughs> yeah, please. I would love that. Uh, and I, uh, I think I do have one more before. And I know, like, we're getting real close to wrapping up. Yeah. Okay. We've we've gone back to this idea of, about sci-fi, but I, I think what I would love to hear from you is why sci-fi? Why why do you think you that's like your heart's desire? Why do you think you always come back to it? What is it about sci-fi that really appeals to you? I think the the thing that appeals to me about science fiction, and especially science fiction dramas and films and books, is it's just the infinite possibilities that are out there. We're, as an actor, you're drawn to alternate realities and you're drawn to alternate characters and people that you yourself aren't. And that's part of the, the joy of being an actor is you get to embody someone else and live in that moment as someone else. So for me, that's how I view science fiction. It's always it's, I've always found it amazing. Like when I first saw, you know, on TV, Star Trek, for instance, and you saw the transporter, you're like, wow, you know, imagine that. Or like, 
you know, you would you could just think of things on, in daily life. Like, you know, I remember once I broke a bone or something. I was thinking, man, if uh, I was aboard the Enterprise, they'd just be able to kind of <laughs> mend my bone. <laughs> so it's it's just this whole concept of 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 limitless possibilities in in different worlds and universes that I just find find so so intriguing because my imagination's always like running wild. And so to me it was it was always a natural draw. I don't think I mean Ken, do you have something to say? I just want to talk about uh, what your like future plans are. I, I heard you're going to be heading off to I wanna say Boston soon. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. So oh yeah, plug the film festivals, please. Yeah, definitely. So the Boston Science Fiction Film Festival is on Saturday and Winter's Dream is is uh premiering there. That's the I believe that's the longest-running genre film festival in the United States. So I'm super pumped about going to Boston and representing the film at the Boston Sci-Fi Film Festival, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun because, you know, this is this is our crowd. It's gonna be like yeah. full of sci-fi sci-fi guys. So it's gonna be it, I'm I'm really excited and feel fortunate I can go as long as we can get out of LAX tomorrow, right? Yeah. <laughs> all, that, all that rain that's coming. Oh, God, oh, that's right. It's gonna rain. Oh, good luck with that. And also, uh, I don't. Uh, you might not be there, but I also heard the Hollywood Real Independent Film Festival will be another location you can, people can go and see this. Yeah, definitely. So the Hollywood Real Independent Film Festival is showing our film on the 23rd of February, which I believe is this coming Thursday. Yeah. And um, I'll be back from Boston by then, so I'm going to be there. So um, if you guys, anyone, you know, get a ticket, see the movie, it'll it'll, it'll be great. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Oh, we'll d- we'll drop this episode before that comes out. So cool. by the time you hear this, the the festival will yeah is a, will be about to go on. All right, yeah. nice, nice. We'll be dropping this on the twenty first, I believe. So people will still have two days to check out the Hollywood Real Independent Film Festival and the Nevermore Film Festival in North Carolina. That's right, Durham. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Paul, where can they find you if they want to like? Uh, reach out to you social media anything like that yeah definitely so the last time i was here um oh right. <laughs> guys, sorry yeah the last time i was here sorry a lot this you episode. guys were like <laughs> you asked me do i have any social media and i was like no and then <laughs> and then i i saw like some disappointment but then i also saw some guys who were like you know saying cool man i'm so happy he doesn't have social media <laughs> But but I promised you I would have social media by the time I came back. And so did we keep this promise? Yes, we kept the promise. <laughs> yes. So so my Twitter handle is um, let's see what is it? Sorry, it's real Paul Sadu. So okay. real Paul Sadu, and then my Instagram handle is the real Paul Sadu. That we have several different uh, hosts and stuff like that who have to have like three different names across three different platforms because they can't narrow down just like one name to use them all so it's we've heard that before yeah so like a lot of i guess names get taken up quickly and and so yeah so you can uh, follow me at uh, real paul sadu on twitter and the real paul sadu on instagram and sometimes we put up some cool pictures Ah, of the film yeah that's amazing and then uh 2307 winter's dream it's going around uh film festivals right now you can um, see the trailer on Vimeo. Yes. And uh, let's see. Uh, Ken, where can they find you? They can find me in, on the internet at, at Ken Rolo. Um, that's at K-E-N-R-O-L-O-W. They also find my shop at at Comics, t- t- at comics TNT. <laughs> and JPG? Uh, you will find me under my namesake under any of the social medias at JPG. That's J-A-E. P-E-A-G-E-E. But most of the time I'm in charge of our 
of our actual official Geek Say What Network social medias. So you could find all of those at Geek Say What. Cool. And you can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari. And that's, oh, I should probably finally explain that because it's a joke from my old podcast. I hate the underscore. I've wanted to get just at Justin Malari on Twitter forever, but the person is just kind of squatting on it. So that's why you have to find him, track him down, and be like, release the name, sign his contract. <laughs> I know a specific commander who is good at hunting. <laughs> <laughs> cool. uh, and then, uh, again, like Jason said, find us on everything at Geek Say What. Um, and then uh, download, I guess we're on uh, separate streams now, so follow all the other Geek Say What podcasts, Geek KO, Ready Set Geek, and this one, Geek Offensive, all on iTunes. Uh, rate, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to join the offensive. Thank you, everybody.